25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yo, hour two of the show has begun. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team, Farm Bureau Insurance. And your Farm Bureau agents, hometown heroes in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Thanks for tuning in. Staying connected to you today because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Don't forget the C Spire health app. Put it on your phone. Click, 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 download it. And when it's there, then click it and open it. And now you can sign up, put in your information. And with the C Spire health app, when you have a minor ailment, you can avoid going to the doctor or going to the emergency room when it's not necessarily required. And you can, with the C Spire Health app, video conference, video chat with a medical professional from University Medical Center. If you're a C Spire customer, your copay will be 29 bucks. You can't beat that with a stick. You also can't beat this coffee. I had some more from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Get yours at highpointroasters.com. Yes, sir. It's the real deal. Now, that means I'm juiced up, loaded up, and ready to go for hour two. Hope you are as well. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, if everything goes according to plan, we're going to talk with Brad Henderson. Brad, the former uh, Ole Miss baseball star, he's the school's all-time hits leader, still stands there. Do I have that right? Let's see here. I'm going to look this up. Anyway, uh, Brad, he is going to be stepping into the radio booth this year with – David Kellum, because uh, Keith Kessinger stepping away from the broadcast this year. He's going to go watch his own son play some baseball for Northeast Community College. Yeah, Henderson played um, for one year for Don Kessinger, three years for Pat Harrison. He left Ole Miss as the all-time hits leader, 298 hits. Still holds the record. He's also at the top of the Ole Miss history books in doubles, with 60, runs scored with 198, and total bases at 494. Now, see, and it says in the story that I was reading, it said Brad was a Starkville native. I was thinking that he played his high school ball in Tupelo, but we're going to look all that up. So anyway, yeah, really cool. Looking forward to uh, chatting a little baseball with him. As always, going to open up the text line to you, the country-pleasing text line, country-pleasing sausage, In grocery stores throughout the Southeast, look for that country-pleasing brand, the the big red hog right across the front of the package, and it says country-pleasing on there because they are a great Mississippi company. And just let me tell you, I've been eating it, got a hold of some several weeks ago, and it is absolutely, hands down, 
the best I've ever had. And part of the reason is, a big reason is, there's no junk in there. There's no, here we go, air quotes, parts. <laughs> there's no stuff. It's the real deal. It's hand-picked hams and bacons and pork loin that make up all their sausage, all their flavoring from the different spices. They mix all that stuff by hand, every day, on site, fresh that day when they make it. It's hand cut every day. You see that when you pick up a package. They use hickory logs to smoke their sausage, not the sawdust, because it's a better smoke. It's a stronger flavor. They do smaller batches. Therefore, it's more consistent the way they make each flavor. Lots of different flavors. It's a leaner sausage as well. You just can't go wrong with it. Trust me, country please and look for it. So the country please and text line open to you. And I've got some from others in the first hour. We're going to get to those. True Maroon and Gator and Jason and Anthony and Reed and Tyler. We're going to get to all that. Plenty of time coming up. 885-ESPN is the text line. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. All right. As I mentioned to you right now on the Divinity Equipment phone, Divinity Equipment in Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer is Brad Henderson, who will be, he's on your radio now, he's going to be on your radio a bunch throughout the year because he's joining the radio broadcast for Ole Miss Baseball with David Kellum. And uh, Brad, I really appreciate some time with you here uh, day before opening day. Thank you for joining. What's up? How you doing? I'm doing good, Matt. It doesn't feel like baseball weather, but uh, we're going to roll it out there anyway tomorrow. Yeah, I think everybody is. You know, and look, it's funny, like I never know if somebody's being sarcastic or not, Brad, and they go, boy, it's baseball weather. Because technically, we we play a whole lot of baseball in the wintertime every year because we start in February, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's well, right. Well, those guys tomorrow, they'll be – they won't know it's cold just with it being the first game. And, and, and to be honest with you, they're just tired of playing each other. Yeah. You know, they're ready to – they're ready to – to see another team on the field and just kind of see what they're made of. Sure. So if you're just now tuning in, uh, Brad Henderson on your radio, he's the all-time hits leader at Ole Miss, still is right now to this day. He's also the Ole Miss all-time leader in doubles and runs scored and total bases. So, uh, Brad, you're no stranger certainly to Ole Miss fans. But for those who are just wondering, kind of what led you to this point to joining the broadcast crew? How did this happen? Well, I had an opportunity. Um, Keith Kessinger, who's, who's been with David Kellum for the last, I think, nine years. Keith and I, I played for Keith at Ole Miss, and he and I coached together at, at Arkansas State for several years. Uh, he's been doing it, but Keith's got a son now that, that's pitching in junior college and uh, has actually signed with the University of Memphis. And so Keith wanted to take some time off and, and be able to watch Chase, his son, play. And you, you can't certainly can't blame him for that. And, so David Kellum and I had uh, had had a conversation one day, and, and David asked me, would I would I be interested to do it if, if Keith wasn't going to? And, and I told him I would certainly certainly do it. Uh, you know, just simply to to get back around the around the game, around mm-hmm. the guys, around the school, and it was just really an opportunity. It's a perfect time for me. Uh, my wife and I we just moved back to Oxford uh, this summer. I went to took a job with Alpha Insurance, and so you know there's some flexibility there. And uh, it was just the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. Brad Henderson on your radio. I was reading through some stuff on the website, uh, Brad, because I always had you framed in my head as a Tupelo guy. Now, this article on the website said a Starkville native, Starkville native, which is correct. 
<laughs> I'm a Tupelo native. I was I was born in Starkville, uh, and and lived there for probably six or seven years. But no, I I claim Tupelo, and no, it, it doesn't have anything to do with Mississippi State. Uh, yeah. But uh, I I went to school in Tupelo, and and you know until I went to Ole Miss. So yes, Tupelo is my hometown. Uh, but yes, I was born in Starkville. My dad was a baseball coach at Starkville High School at the time. Uh, and then we moved to Tupelo. So yeah. Tupelo is my hometown. Well, it is mine too. And I know a lot of people that, that know you and a lot of folks here are kind of buzzing about it. They're really happy to get to hear you, uh, on the radio because, you know, for a lot of the hometown folks here in Tupelo, Brad, you went to Ole Miss, they followed you, had all that success. And then you went off to Arkansas. It's like they didn't get to see or hear from you as very much, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's a two way street. Uh, it's, it's been, <laughs> Although we we've only been back you know six months, it's been just great to reconnect with so many old friends and and colleagues, and uh, it, it truly has been a blessing, and, and we're certainly be glad to be back in this area. Matt, um, Brad, you know what's going to happen is now that you're you know officially a part of the thing uh, again, and you're at the stadium, and a lot of your buddies and your old former teammates, Alex, and I, they're always going to be hitting you up for tickets. You realize that's going to happen, don't you? <laughs> well, I, let's go ahead and make it public. They're on their own. They're <laughs> on their own. I've gotten it out there. No, I'd, I'd love to help out whoever needs help. You know, the more people we can get at Swayze Field, the better it is. So, uh, but yeah, like They've already started, so mm-hmm. I, I don't figure that's going to end anytime soon. Okay, um, I think I saw this on Twitter, Brad. So, um, is it? Um, let's see. You played for you played for Don, right? Like your freshman year, you played for for Don Kessinger there. That is correct. Is it Don who's coming to throw out the first pitch? Or was it Jake Gibbs who's coming to throw out the first pitch? I, I saw it on Twitter. Jake, now. Jake Gibbs will throw out the – I think he's throwing out the first pitch tomorrow. Jake Gibbs. Okay. All right. And which he coached there, but that was obviously long before you got there. Um, That's right. I just That's wanted right. to get it framed in my head. So you played for Don and then um, three years under Coach Harrison. And then Coach Correct. Bianco came in after that. So I know the answer to this, but I want to hear you describe it. Okay. What's, what's the difference in Swayze Field when you were there? Versus what it's like now when you walk back in there for a game? About six thousand people. <laughs> uh, you know, it's 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 really incredible. Um, being in Arkansas, I really didn't get a, a lot of opportunities because I was coaching as well to see the growth. Uh, mm. What Mike Bianco's done there, and in, in, in going into his twentieth year, and continues to do what he's built there is is, is unbelievable. They're they're a national brand now. Uh, it's a social event, you know, it's, it's not just, I can remember midweek games. There may be 600 people in the stands. I, I, I went to several inner squads the past three or four weeks and, and there's 800 people just there to watch them practice. <laughs> yeah. it, it's really, it, it's just phenomenal what he's done. And, uh, you know, he's poured his heart and soul into it and, and his staffs, you know, you got to give credit to his staffs because sure. they spent so much time recruiting these kids and, uh, but the, just the level of talent that, that they bring in year in, year out. I told, I told a reporter the other day, Mike Bianco, that they don't rebuild, they reload. Mm. And, and that's kind of been the staple, uh, for his success is, is, you know, they turned over so many, uh, juniors last year that they lost to the draft, but here they are, you know, the number two recruiting class in the country 
you know, has, has now stepped in. So it, it just, it's every year, you know, mm-hmm. and then people, people have gotten behind it. The students have bought in. They've expanded the stadium twice. And, you know, all the credit goes to Mike. It, it's been a, he's had an unbelievable ride and, you know, I, I, I look forward to it. I really do. I look forward to this season for sure. Brad Henderson on your radio. He's the all-time hits leader at Ole Miss, and he's uh, joining the broadcast crew. So he'll join in with David Kellum this year. I think now this weekend David is calling basketball on the road at Kentucky, so it'll be Brad and uh, someone else in the booth. But throughout the year you'll hear uh, Kellum and Brad Henderson and the first year for Brad on the crew. Now let's talk baseball real quick, Brad. I know uh, sure. tomorrow – for this opener, you're going to have Nikhazy on the mound, a kid who is a preseason All-American by a couple of services out there. He set the Ole Miss freshman record with 86 strikeouts last year. So freshman to sophomore, you've been through it. How does he go out about like continuing that and maybe improving on what he did when he set the bar so high a year ago? Well, for Doug, Doug is the – He's the ultimate competitor. I mean, in, in baseball terms, he's what they call he's a bulldog on the mound. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he looks you in the eye. Here it is. If you can hit it, you can hit it. I think the thing that's going to set Doug apart this year is is last year he was so good with his fastball and his curveball. Well, now he's added a, a added a slider, uh, which is going to give left-handers a, a little different look that that kind of gave him trouble last year. It, it's He's odd in that he was better against right-handers than he was against left-handers. How about that? And it was because that big loop and breaking ball, mm. they could sit back on and just hook it in the four hole in between first and second base. Well, now they've added a hard slider, and I, it's going to be fun to watch him pitch. But at the end of the day, his his biggest forte is his competitiveness. And, but he's got a tough matchup. You know, tomorrow's going to be a, a really good pitching duel. Louis has got a left-hander as well that's a consensus preseason All-American. So, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a, a really good battle tomorrow. Yeah, it should be. Go um, put your coaching hat on for a little bit, Brad. And for people listening who, you know, we're just baseball novices. We love the sport. And we kind of know the difference between a curveball and a slider. You know, you say a big looping curveball, and then we hear slider. It's a, it's a little bit less pronounced. Is For, for a guy like Nikhazy, is it he's adding something that it, he throws it a little harder in terms of velocity than that curveball. There's less break, but the break is later in the travel to the plate. Am I am I kind of in the right? Yeah, area? that's 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 pretty close, Matt. His his curveball is what they call a twelve to six. It's kind of over the top. Okay, and it goes from top to bottom, and it, it's going to be anywhere uh, from 70, 73 miles per hour. Okay. You're correct on his slider is, is going to be that 78 to 80 mile an hour, but it's going to break from left to right. So what one of them's up and down and one of them's right to left or left to right. Okay. Uh, so, and it, and he's throwing it a lot harder where it, it looks out of his hand like a fastball that's sweeping away from the, from the left-handed hitter. So that's the difference in it. And, uh, and he's going to throw a change up as well, which he did last year, but just adding that four pitch slider. I think gives him an advantage where that was probably, if he had a weakness last year, that that was the one that would hurt him uh, in certain situations. Okay, and, and Brad, again, you've you've been through it, you've seen all that kind of stuff from a player and as a coach. Does it take someone like Nikhazy 
a game or two, a weekend or two, a start or two, to kind of if you're if you're throwing a new pitch in there, to go and command it with confidence. Should Ole Miss fans maybe expect every now and then he's throwing a new pitch, but we may not see him really command it and start to use it until he gets two three starts under his belt with it this year. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. Now we're talking about a 19 year old kid, so. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, he's thrown several inter-squads in the fall, uh, faced some other teams in the fall. They played Arkansas State and Memphis. So he's had – and then they've had – you know, he's had four or five starts uh, this spring. And so, you know, I feel like he's ready. I, I don't feel like it's something that, that mm. they're going to tinker with. He's either got it by now or he doesn't. Yes, when they line up against number one Louisville, you know, it'll just be a, a game-time thing on when to throw it, when not to throw it. But they're – They've got the data now, and the scouting reports are out. So they'll they'll use it when in, in a timely fashion. But no, I, I feel like he's a he should have command of all four pitches now. Brad Henderson on your radio. You know what I like about it? you know you think about Louisville coming in there, Brad, and you know if I were to use a football analogy, you know you like you're facing that first opponent of the year, and you know they're studying film on you. But if you've got a new wrinkle and you get it publicized in the media. They may not know for sure what they're going to see, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And if I'm Louisville, like we're watching the Casey stuff from last year, we're going to prepare as best we can. All the while, my hitters know we've read he's going to throw something we haven't seen, you know. So I kind of that's I right. like that if I'm Ole Miss. Yeah, that's right. And uh, talking with Carl Lafferty, who works with the pitchers, you know, he he said Doug has worked really hard on it. Uh, but Doug, Doug's going to be Doug. Uh, like I said, his competitive level is, is off the charts. And what Doug does really, really well to set all the others up is he can locate his fastball inside and outside. And that's such a – for a left-handed pitcher to be able to pitch into right-handers mm-hmm. is, is such an advantage. And it's not an easy thing to do because their natural their natural ball flight will tail away from a right-hander. And so – but I've seen him multiple times throw this spring and – He's got a an, an ability to pitch into righties, which is such an advantage, simply because the right-handers, they have to respect that. And so I, I, that's a weapon he had last year. I think that was the heart of his success. And uh, he's certainly that's certainly carried over into the fall and the spring of, of this year. Sure. Well, Brad, um, looking forward to hearing you on the radio this season. Appreciate some time today. I'm getting that we stream the show here on Facebook and getting some comments. And uh, somebody named Chris threw out a big Hindu. I guess that was your your nickname, <laughs> right, Hindu? <laughs> well, that was that was uh, not as much gray hair and about twenty five pounds ago. But yeah, that's what I went by. So yeah, I love it. I love it, Matt. That's it, uh, Kellerman Hindu in the booth. That's good stuff. We're looking forward to it, Brad. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Yep, my pleasure. Talk to you soon. That's uh, Brad Henderson, better known as Hindu. So he's still the all-time hits leader at Ole Miss. Yeah, Tupelo High School kid. Then on to Ole Miss. Played one year for Don Kessinger. Played three for Pat Harrison. Still the school leader in hits, doubles, run scored, and total bases. And um, was a fan favorite. You know, I was reading that in the article. And, you know, the thing is, too, people forget he was a draft pick of the A's after his college career was over. 24th round, spent a couple of years in pro baseball, and then got into coaching. We were talking about Arkansas earlier in the interview. 
what we meant by that is he uh, was on the staff at Arkansas State in Jonesboro with Keith Kessinger when Kessinger was the head coach and Brad went up and was on his staff there at Arkansas State for a good little while. And it's it's interesting how life, you know, connects you to certain people. Keith comes back to Oxford and goes into business and is on the radio calling, as you know, uh, calling Ole Miss games over the last several years with David Kellum. So now Keith wants to go watch his son play and they need somebody in a booth. Well, well, look at here. Brad Henderson's moved back to Oxford, our all-time hits leader. So they're going to get him on. Great guy. Uh, so good stuff. So look for that. You know, tomorrow you've got a 1 o'clock first pitch for Mississippi State versus Wright State. They moved it up because it's just going to be so cold. Um, you've got uh, still scheduled a 4 p.m. first pitch between number 1 Louisville and Ole Miss tomorrow afternoon. And Nikhazy on the mound. Kid who's a preseason All-American as a lefty Friday night starter for Ole Miss. Preseason All-American. Uh, set the school record for freshman strikeouts last year. And to try to make that next step, Brad tells us he's coming here and he's added another pitch, a fourth pitch. So last year he's a you know, fastball curveball change with a 12-6 curveball. Well, now he's putting a slider in there too that he can work in. That's a off-speed breaking pitch, not as much as the 12 to 6, a later break. And for a kid who was better against right-handers last year than he was left, which is really, you don't see that too much. It's interesting all the way around. We're going to get it started in about 24 hours. Be cold as all get out. Brad better take him a jacket to the booth tomorrow. All right, hour two rolling. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, rolling along with you here in Hour 2 in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. A reminder that you may not be sleeping well. You might be sleeping well, but either way you could sleep better with a Nest and Wild mattress. Go to nestandwild.com. Learn about it. It's an outstanding Mississippi company. All American-made products. Nothing made outside of the borders of the good old USA. You order a mattress. Every size they make is 12 inches thick. Not 8 and 10 like a lot of the ones you're sleeping on. 12-inch thick mattress. High-quality mattress. Every size. Order it at nestandwild.com. It'll show up on your doorstep within 3 to 5 days. And you can sleep on it for 99 nights obligation-free. The first 99 nights, you make your mind up. If you don't like it after that, you send it back. Guess what? Probably going to like it. Check it out. That's nestandwild.com. Over here on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage, in grocery stores throughout the Southeast. Look them up. Look for the brand. Country Pleasing, please. Tyler says, in regards to starting the show today, talking about being a homer, he says, uh, it's good to be enough of a homer that MSU fans listen for loyalty. Reasonable non-MSU fans like you and listen some. 
And odd rival fans hate you because they'll actually listen more devotedly than the other two, just hoping to catch you slipping up. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. Now, in regards to the former athletes and former football players, you know, big-time players who experience just the, this – in the SEC, it feels like a pinnacle, man, because – you know, all the clothes and the shoes and the stuff and they cater to you and all the food and everything's taken care of. And you walk around like a star and people know your name and you run out in front of 100,000 people. And then one day it just stops. And some people have a hard time with it. Reed uh, on the Country Pleasing text says, I haven't talked to these guys about mentioning their names but just know that these conversations are happening. He says, I worked with, and then he mentions the name, a former Mississippi State defensive player. And he says, I still work with another guy who's a former Clemson player. He said, we've had this conversation. The one who's a former Clemson player was through with football mentally, and his adjustment into the working world, into the real world, became easier. He said, however, the other, the former Mississippi State defensive player, had a very difficult time adjusting. He still does. He says the camaraderie is missing. Same in the military transition. It's hard, and that's true. That's one thing you miss is this sort of band of brothers feel, and you do have that when you're on a team. That's why, it's again, it's you know different for different individuals. Earlier I read a text from Jason in Flagstaff who's a member of the military. He's on the Divinity phone right now, Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better, longer than anyone else at Divinity. Let's go to Jason. Jason, what's up? Uh, nothing much. You hear me all right? Yep, got you loud and clear. All right, yeah, I wanted to clarify what I said in the text. That when I said that it's, a lot of it's because we're somebody in the military and then nobody when we get out. I didn't mean that as, like, we're popular or something like that. I meant, like, literally for the guys that are in combat arms, you know, tanks like I was in, infantry, artillery, stuff like that. Yeah. You train for years to do this stuff. And then when you get out of the military, it, it what does it qualify you for? Yeah. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's nothing. So yeah. there's a brick wall there that you run right into as soon as you get out if you, you know, not done anything else. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I would assume it's the same for athletes if they don't get their degree. You know, they quit, try to go to NFL without a degree or whatever, and they don't get drafted. It's probably the same thing. Right. And, and Jason, there is a lot similar there because you're – in order to, to be a soldier – and in some ways, you know, the mental part of also to be a big-time athlete, you are no less than 100% committed mentally and spiritually to what you're doing, right? Yeah. And, and Jason, you, you can't just flip that switch off overnight. Yeah. And, um, you know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was about to ask you, how, how much time and effort is put in by players just to play football? And then, you know, if they if they don't take advantage of the educational opportunities, what does all that mean when they're done? 
Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. right. It's not going to help them get a job. No, you know, there's so, maybe some, some things, some intrinsic things that having gone through it could help you, whether it be determination and, you know, stick to itiveness yeah. and hard work, but you still have to get plugged in and, and that can be tough. Mm-hmm. Jason, I don't know if, if I've ever thanked you for your service, but if I haven't, far be it from me. Thank you for your service. I'm gonna say, and I hope I can well, I remember to say that to you. I appreciate it when somebody notices. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we notice you and others, and you know, we can all do our part. We, I, I teach. We teach our daughter. She's eight, but when we see service men and women, especially you know, in in uniform. We make a big deal out of it because to us and to her, y'all are like real life heroes walking around amongst us. And I think that's the way we ought to be with our kids. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. Hey, um, if you don't mind, uh, the people that compare us to prisoners, they they need to do some soul searching if they want to claim they support us. Yeah. Understand. Thank y'all. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um. Yeah. So, there in in anything, there is an element. It it's there is an element of for someone who's a ball player. We started the show today. We use the examples of these kids at Mississippi State who they've lost their lives recently. One was murdered. One, you know, um, does not appear to be the case. No foul play. But in different scenarios. You know, there, there's an element of, you know, what could we have done more? What should we do? What can we do? What I've learned is there are any number of programs and people, full-time employees, you know, a, a, a staff of full-time and part-time at a university like Mississippi State that they are dedicated to helping these, helping athletes transition as best they can. But there's always going to be an element of and I'm not I'm this is not a comment specifically about those cases. This is an overall comment. There is an element of someone can hand me the rope, but I must hold on to the rope. And you know, you hate it when some don't. Jay in Baltimore on the Divinity phone. Hey Jay. Hey Matt, one more day. One more chance to make projections and act like we know what we're talking about. Yes, sir. Uh, I'll just say this. Bart and Charlie uh, really provided some great insight last night. Made me feel a little bit better about the pitching staff. You know, lots of quality arms there. It sounds like just unproven. But a quick question. Okay. Tanner Allen and Josh Hatcher are switching positions. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I sense there may be something to do with Tanner Allen maybe projecting better as Major League Baseball. Um, as a left fielder versus first base. Your thoughts on that? Do you think coaches consider that at all um, for uh, players that really have that chance of going at Major League? Hmm, they might. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of basic observations here real quick, and then, Jay, you tell me what you think. Lamonis has told me in two different interviews now, he's made a point to point out that Tanner Allen runs really well. Like, he pointed it out. He goes, like, people don't realize because he played for his, he said, but he runs really well. And then the other thing is, am I crazy? But Tanner Allen throws right-handed, and Josh Hatcher is a lefty. 
And, you know, that may be the, the combination of those two things right there might just make the most sense. Now, I know Tanner Allen's a left-handed hitter, but, you know, and certainly you can be a first baseman throwing right-handed. But I'm just saying, okay, when you look at the two players, you got Hatcher, who's a, a, a left-handed arm, which people like that at first base and a left-handed bat. Yep. who doesn't run as well as Tanner Allen. Allen runs better and has a right-handed arm. And I think if you look at those two things, then they probably fit in those slots because of that, maybe. That's just a thought on it. Hey, I appreciate the call, no, Jay. That's a good point. Yep. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Yep. Me tomorrow. too. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, man. Right. Less than 24 hours because first pitch in Starkville tomorrow is 1 o'clock. They moved it up. First pitch in Oxford, 4 o'clock. All right, um, there, there's a text here about glory days for me on the country-pleasing text line. It's not what you think. And I can't wait to tell you this story next. <laughs> when we come back, stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Here we go. Go with the home team, Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance in Mississippi. In all 82 counties, hometown heroes that you can deal with one-on-one. I'm Matt. So, story time. As uh, motivated by a text here on the country-pleasing text line. Country-pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the southeast. Make sure you look for the country-pleasing brand. The big red hog on the package, an outstanding Mississippi company, and trust me, it is the best sausage you will have ever put in your mouth. No question about it. That's country pleasing. So a concerned state grad texted this to me, and this brings up something I have not thought about in a long time. I hope the homecoming queen's watching. I think she is. Here's what it says. Do you remember in what I believe was your freshman year having Coach Pat McMahon as a teacher in the indoor hitting tunnel at Duty Noble? If so, do you remember that one day when he went off on a few of the football players? (laughs) If you do, could you please explain the reason he was upset? And then the concerned state grad says, I know why but would like to hear it from you. (laughs) I really want to know who this is. I'm wondering if it's one of those football players who was in the class (laughs) is who's texting this. All right. So listen, here's the story. Yes. Somewhere uh, again, what year it was, I don't know, but it was pretty early on in my college career. And I was taking a class that was, I think coaching baseball. It was one of the, you know, one of the education curriculum classes or whatever. And the class was at Duty Noble Field inside. We attended class there two or three times a week, whatever it was, inside the hitting tunnel underneath that the home team uses where the that's where the big man on campus, Brad uh, Freeman and Adam Pyatt, and that's where these guys were going and getting their 
cuts in the tunnel, you know, that's where we're having this class. And uh, we would sit around in there and wait, and he'd come in and go through certain things, and every now and then he'd show us stuff about coaching, and we'd have to take notes, and we took tests. It was a real class. And Pat McMahon, the head baseball coach, was the teacher of this course. Well, one day we got there early. We're getting in there. We'd kind of gotten comfortable with the surroundings and all this. And before Coach McMahon got in there, we realized there were bats and balls Buckets of balls and a few bats sitting around there. We picked them up. We started hitting and throwing and hitting and (laughs) goofing off, you know, like kids. And when Pat McMahon, a baseball coach, walked in to start this class, he took one look around, told us to sit down, and saw that there were – it was a mess. It looked like a tornado had come through there. There's just crap everywhere and paper and baseballs laying all over the place. And he got mad. He got furious. And he lit into us and told us that none of this stuff was for us. And that, and, and then he said, I want to know who's responsible for this. He said, here's what we're going to do right now. We're not having this class and we're not having another class until the people who are responsible for this right now own it. I want you to get up and walk out of here. And when you walk out of here, the next time I'll see you is you come to my office before the end of the week. And we will talk one-on-one and decide if you're going to be allowed back in this class or not. And then there was a pause. And we just waited. We're thinking, is he telling us to leave? (laughs) And I was one of the ones. I knew I had been involved in it. But nobody was moving. Nobody was going to be first. And he said it again. Guys, I'm not kidding. Whoever is responsible for all this crap laying around on the floor and didn't pick it up, get up and leave. And then come to my office before the end of the week and see me. And then there was another pause and no one moved. And finally, after about 30 seconds of silence and him looking at everybody, I was first. I grabbed my books, stood up and walked out. (laughs) Went and got my car and left. And yes. So the next day, the very next day, I called his office and uh, I spoke to his secretary, and I said, I'm supposed to come see Coach McMahon. I just want to make sure when he's going to be there. She said, yeah, he'll be here all afternoon, he says. Come on by. So I went by. And I was a little nervous. You know, I walked in, and he told me to sit down there in front of his desk. And he kind of was grinning. And, and so the first words in the one-on-one meeting with Coach McMahon were, I said, so am I in big trouble? And he says, nah, you're not in big trouble. He said, I was just kind of making an example out of somebody seeing if anybody had the guts to stand up and own it. He said, I said, did anybody else walk out? He said, nope, I think you were the only one. Or or, actually, he may have said some others did. I can't remember if he said some others did or not. But I was the first to go. And what he said to me was, (laughs) he said, look, you come back to the next class, no problem. Just make sure we don't have any more of that stuff on the floor. He said, but. I respect you for owning it and being the first to get up and walk out and, and, and do that. And so then we kind of hit it off. We talked a little bit, and that conversation ended with me asking Coach Pat McMahon if he thought it would be a decent idea for me to try to play baseball for him. <laughs> I was lobbying him for giving me a spot to try to come out and play baseball. And he actually agreed. Yeah, okay, sure, we can do this, that, and the other. You'll have to talk to me at this time of year. 
and then we'll have to, you know, talk with football. And, and lo and behold, before we got to do that, we had a coaching change in football. We had a co- coaching change at quarterbacks, coach, offensive coordinator, and it would have been terrible timing. And I don't know that I would have ever made the baseball team, but I sure wanted to try. And I had an open window to do it. I just never did step through the, the door there. Yeah, but that's the story. And I hadn't thought about that in 25 years from a concerned state grad. I got up and I walked out. I don't remember if others walked out. I just know that I did. <laughs> and I was the first one. True story. Glory days. I guess you could call it that. After that, I really thought a lot of Coach Pat McMahon. I like that guy. Lynn on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Lynn? Hey, Lynn, you there? All right, go ahead. Got you now, Lynn. Yep, go ahead. Oh, okay. That's a good story, Matt. That that shows character and the kind of of man you was even as a young man. Uh, I'll say that for you. I don't know that I would have done it. (laughs) (laughs) It was Uh, odd. It was an odd feeling sitting there for what seemed like an eternity where he twice told us to get up and leave and nobody was moving. And the thing was, a lot of the students in the class – a bunch of them weren't football players, and they were all looking at us like, you know you did it. <laughs> and so the pressure <laughs> yeah, was on. You're right there in between grown and a kid, and, uh, yeah. but but you still know that, that that's really a grown-up right there. Yeah, it's been a difficult situation, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, hey, man, I was going to ask you, they, they moved their baseball time up to 1 o'clock, right? Yes. Uh, I uh, – is that going to be on, like, the ESPN app or anything like that? Do you know? Yes, it will be. If you go to watch the Watch ESPN app or that ESPN Plus, the way that you normally right. watch games online, Watch ESPN or ESPN Plus, it'll be on. And tomorrow, Bart and Bart Gregory and Charlie uh, Winfield will be calling tomorrow's game at 1. And then I've got the games on Saturday and Sunday with Bart. And, but you can watch them all weekend right there on your phone or your computer or whatever. Yeah, that's my plan. Uh, probably won't get down there this weekend, unfortunately. But yeah, all I right. Got you. Uh, so, so I, you won't be going tomorrow, will you? Well, you know, I was actually Seriously. planning on it, um, but I won't be able to. We've had something come up in the morning, and then when they move the game time, it, it makes it tough because I'll be on the air at 12. They start the game at 1. Uh, we're going to do a full show tomorrow. Uh, so the game will actually be going on at this time tomorrow in hour two, and I don't know that I'd have time to get off the air and get down there and that kind of thing too with the with the time change. So I'll I'll just be going on Saturday. Yeah. Hey, but Lynn, I will tell you, and so others will know. On Saturday, uh, the game is like I think a two o'clock start, but around eleven a.m., we're going to be doing a live podcast uh, show at the Mississippi State University golf course starting at about 11 a.m. on Saturday. So you can tune into that on Facebook, Lynn. I appreciate you. Be looking forward to it, man. Have a good and healthy right. day. We'll catch you later, man. Hail State to you. Thank you. That'll wrap it up. Roger, are we Milly Vanillying, blaming it on the rain? You got it. That's all the theme on your Facebook page. Attaboy. High five. High five, Roger. Might be the first time they've been played in 10 years. We think Millie Vanilli sang it, but who is Millie Vanilli? No, we don't. They, didn't. <laughs> All they right. danced it. That's right. They, they lip synced it. Good show. We'll see y'all tomorrow in the Farm Bureau studio. See you.